Welcome to Planning Face Syndicate. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight here on our 56th episode. Be careful not to choke on your aspirations. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the two tournaments that I know about that happened this weekend. One for the Windy City Trials and the other one for the GSP Solace Showdown. What we're going to be doing is breaking down the list. We're going to be talking a little bit about... um you know, what what type of factions we're seeing in combination of ships. And, and I will tell you, the contrast between the two tournaments is very stark. There is definitely a big difference there. Um, we're also going to be um, reviewing the statistics overall. So what I did is I kind of took all of the different games that we've had since the points change in May, and I've added all of those together. And we're going to kind of see how the factions have flushed out since then with that being said let me bring in my co-hosts for tonight maybe maybe i'll bring them in i don't know if i should bring them in should i bring them in i mean what, what do you we, what do you guys think should i bring you guys in i mean we could go to sleep but i was gonna yeah. say if you don't i'm just gonna go drink. <laughs> i'm gonna go drink and put together my legos like you want to run the show solo rock it out Captain. <laughs> Dude, seriously, his Lego Millennium Falcon <laughs> takes up an entire X-Wing map. Like, that's how huge that sucker is. And I'm I know, I was actually, done. that was actually my first question that I had for you tonight. So, I, before we get into that, though, let's bring in JJ and Charles. How are you, you guys doing tonight? Well, I want to start by wishing everybody happy Father's Day, uh, both to current and future fathers out there. I hope you guys had a great day today. Uh, I know I certainly did have a good day. Uh, got to ride the new Guardians of the Galaxy ride over in Epcot today. How was uh, that? Which I highly recommend. Really good. Um, it reminds me like a blend of Rock and Roller Coaster and Rise of the Resistance, which I don't know if you've done either. Um, but I've done yeah. both. Yeah, fantastic fantastic ride the music is top notch it's really good nice awesome well that's good yep happy father's day to anybody that is a father out there um thank you all again for your service raising your children uh hopefully you are raising them in the vein of x-wing mine don't seem to want to pick it up too much but hey um before we get too far though i'm gonna i'm gonna share my screen here um, and, and, and JJ had asked me, my daughters, uh, my daughters like to draw. And so you could kind of see it. I don't know how to zoom in with my camera, but there's a big brown looking thing in the back corner right there. <laughs> and his name is, that... is Hootie. It, does he it, come out of your patootie? No, he does not. He comes out of this little door because he is a house demon from a show called Owl House. So if you have... Um, kids that like really cool Disney shows, and again, you know, uh, obviously wait, Star Wars shows. Fans. Yeah, that's a Disney show. Wait, yeah, oh, hold yeah. on, wait, wait, wait. There's a Disney show called Owl House that has a house demon named yeah. Hootie. Yes, and yes. The, the the is the, there also a blowfish? Because I, I was actually to... <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. I literally was about to ask that. There is, there's <laughs> unfortunately not. Um, but so this and I, this isn't a good picture, but he actually does like so in one of the episodes, he tears himself out of the house and puts himself in this little backpack. Um, but there you go. See, this is Hootie the house demon. This seems very like 
Aqua Teen. <laughs> um, it it is and it's not. I mean, yes, there is some similarity. So see how in this picture, that's he's in the door, he controls the house, and he's an owl. And I like him. I thought he sounded like Mickey Mouse. My kids do not think he sounds like Mickey Mouse at all. Um, yeah, but he is probably my favorite character on the show, and I don't know why. I just like out of everything on the show, this is my favorite character. Um, and this is actually this show actually um, speaking of being progressive, I guess, because yeah, Disney doesn't usually put demon things <laughs> and stuff. Um, this show actually has one of the first openly um, gay couples that are on there. So it actually they kind of Disney is finally coming out of their, you know, 1920 to be show. Fair, that's so to be fair. And I don't think you can come. I don't think you can kind of press that narrative because the whole reason that not to get political because that's not what our our podcast is about but the whole reason that our illustrious governor decided to stick his thumb in the ass of uh disney and say you can go to hell was because disney decided not to go along with his uh his plan his his republican plan and that's why they shut down the uh the reedy creek um tax zone that they had set up for Disney. Disney has been pushing the the whole pride agenda for quite some time. So like while there hasn't been openly gay characters, they've not been they haven't been quiet about it. No. Yeah, they've not been shy about it. Like if you go to Disney Springs here, there's an entire like every store, the Marvel store, the Star Wars store, the whatever store, you find a store, every store is taking part in like Disney's pride initiative. Like there's actually a shirt that I've been wanting to get, but it's like almost a hundred dollars, and it's a knit button-down shirt that has the rebel, the scum, and the empire emblems on it, and they're all like rainbow color sewn into like a dark navy or a black shirt. It's really freaking cool. Yeah, that so is, like that's, Disney that's is cool. Disney has been really progressive as far as their their support towards uh, the uh, the lettuce bacon tomato uh guacamole uh quesadilla community yeah but th- I, I think this show marked the precedent for them this is the first like early hour kids show where they've like it's 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 v- very open in it so it's, it's a, a disgusting which you know whatever Fair. i mean you know every company has their ability to do that what they want it's nice to finally see um you know disney kind of joining that and and it's nice to see them not backing down to the governor even though that they're losing their tax status type thing um they'll get it back yeah we'll we'll see how long it they have we'll see how long that lasts because i can't imagine florida wants to give up disney uh being down uh down there like not that disney would leave but i mean you never know i guess i mean (laughs) they maybe they will just to be you know and i mean like on a side note, I think we have, and I'm going to call out a show. I don't know a lot about the show. I've only watched like one or two episodes here and there, but the the, the show Shits Creek, like we have a lot of that show to thank because up until that show, really, let's be honest, our representation in Hollywood of, of gay couples have been extremely stereotypical, like from Modern Family or The Birdcage, you know, those things like that. They've played on a lot of stereotypes and Shit's Creek being able to show just real people. You know what I mean? Like not being stereotyped, not being anything other than just real people in a relationship. 
has really helped kind of break that stigma of gay relationships and how flamboyant you have to be in order to be gay. And I just, I don't know. I'm really happy with the world that we live in. You can't see it right now, but I'm wearing a kilt. I got it for Father's Day from my uh, significant other. So super happy. Fucking hell, Chris, I just realized you're wearing a Pig Destroyer shirt. Well done, sir. Well fucking done. One of my favorite bands, so. Literally. I, I actually... You were going to ask You were gonna ask me a question about my Legos, by the way. I was, yes. So, yes. So now let's deviate back to our weekends and everything that happens. So <laughs> Charles has been building... Um, Charles has been building the Millennium Falcon, this $800 or $700 or whatever the hell cost it is. $799. Um, it's 849 with tax. Yeah. So the really large one, and he's been sharing, um, sharing us. Well, what we have to do is get him to share it on discord. That's it. That's the goal is he's going to start sharing his pictures on discord. Maybe I'll even give you your own Millennium Falcon channel where you, your Lego channel. I could do that. I'll, um, that, so remind me tonight before we sign off, I'll give you your own Lego channel and then we can just start posting pictures of in anybody that builds Legos. Cause I know, um, Nick from three, one, two is like really big into Legos too. Um, I don't know. My wife was asking me what I wanted, um, for father's day. And I was like, I, I really, I don't, I don't need anything. Like, it's fine. Just, you don't have to get anything. <laughs> and, um, you know, like just, I don't want to cook today. Um, very much and I don't want to do the dishes those are the two requirements I have and that's really about it and then um, we were at the dinner table at my parents house and and, and um, I can't remember which one of my kids uh, I show on I think James was telling them about a Lego some Legos and and I was like yeah oh there you go you could you know what you could get me I'd love a large Death Star and my wife's like oh okay and I and like one that's like this big and I'm like no 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 one that's like the size of half this kitchen table and she's like Oh, <laughs> it was like, it was like yeah. I'm just saying. I mean, like, if I got that, I wouldn't be disappointed. You know, like, I, you don't need to go spend eight hundred bucks. But are you referencing the one that was in Spider Man? That Dan just drops on the floor. Yes. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. 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 They sell. I we when we were at Legoland in Chicago, they sell they sell them like. So, so they do exist. I don't know how often, how like how many are left or whatever, but they, they do exist. It's just a you know, um, I, I would I've never spent that much in Legos, um, personally. I mean, not like at one time, and I don't know where the hell I'd put it in my house to be honest with you. And no, I'm not going to build it and give it to Charles. So that's, no, that's I have it. no room for it. But no, the Falcon is going to be massive. Like just the frame, you can tell. You can ask JJ. He came over when yeah. he saw it at our housewarming party. I haven't even started the exterior; just the inner framework and like the four little sections of the Falcon are almost, almost a three by three um, X-wing mat. By the time it is said and done, it will more than likely be a three foot by three foot X-wing mat. Cool. Well, that is uh, that'll be ridiculous. fantastic, and uh, hopefully you put a case in it. Um, uh, there is an Etsy channel or an Etsy uh, store that does like a plexiglass case that is specifically designed to hold it, but instead of being flat, it'll be kind of on an angle. Okay. And I also love, and this is something I haven't built it yet, but I've seen it in the bags. So I've just today finished bag five of seventeen. So I still have twelve more bags to go. Um, so far I have young Han and young Leia, but I've seen in one of the farther up bags that there is elderly Han and elderly Leia. And I believe that the Falcon actually comes with 
two satellite dishes. So you can have the round satellite dish for the original Trilogy Falcon or replace it with the more rectangular satellite dish for the uh, the sequel Falcon. Yeah. Um, which I think is pretty cool as well. Also, um, I picked this up last week and put it together. JJ got to see that today. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. Or not today, but on his, Saturday. It doesn't it's fit too in long to fit in the, yeah. the glass cases, so it's sitting on top of it right now. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, we went down to Pride uh, yesterday. My brother had never actually been, so that was his first time going down there. Uh, so we took my brother down, saw some of the events, uh, some of the vendor booths, uh, got some expensive ice cream from Matt's uh, friend, and um, yeah, that was kind of fun. It, they had a lady I was talking to in line. I was actually telling her about all your Funko Pops, and by the way, I guess like if you need Loki Funko Pops, she has extra. Like she loves Loki so much that they bought like every version oh. that they can get multiple times. So you mean Loki the character, not Loki, like as in don't tell anybody she's no 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 yeah, the character. No. <laughs> no. They, they like Loki right. because Loki's um like gender neutral type thing and, and, and is kind of a shapeshifter. So because right. that's been very prominent, you know, and uh they were uh I, they identified as non-binary, so they. I don't know this. This they they enjoyed Loki quite well. So I was like, "Well, I'll tell my buddy Charles. I don't know if Charles needs any more Funko Pops, but if he ever does, I'll I'll get him your number." <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty solid. I've got almost, with the exception of like convention exclusives and like weird repaint ones of Boba Fett. I have almost all of the normal sized Funko Pops. There is one Boba Fett that's like the uh, the 12 inch uh, Boba Fett, the 12 inch tall one. I don't have that one yet, but it's on the it's on the Christmas wish list. Awesome. Well anyway, why don't we talk a little bit Star Wars um, uh, again and oh real quick announcements before we before we get into the show, if you have, if you live in the Orlando area or know somebody and want to go to an event that will be streamed by GSP, so it is not us streaming. We are not streaming. It is GS Mother Effing P that will be streaming for um, our show July 9th in Orlando, Florida at FLGS is the name of the store, right? Yeah. Um, which I don't like that they call their store that, but that's fine. Because every that's time the you company that bought what used to be Sci Fi City. That's, yeah. that's crazy. But anyway, so if you want to go to a local tournament, we have a bunch of great prizes um, that we will be giving away depending on um, how many people we get. And we are really, really, really pushing um, pushing for it. Also, um, there is discussions that there is going to be some um, homemade kits that are going to be coming around, um, some store kits. When those go up, we will take all those links and put them in a dock somewhere. And we will also, um, so whoever is selling them, I don't know if they're going to go on um, cool stuff. I don't know who's going to own that whole that whole process yet. But I do know that um, I do know that they are that, that people are working to put together store kits since AMG has kind of been at my A in that department. So uh, anyway, so with that being said, let's transition into the. Official announcement for Worlds. Uh, welcome, Martini, uh, in Texas. They are officially doing Worlds, not this year, like they said they would, but 
they're doing worlds at Adepticon. And I'm, I'm actually okay with this. Um, and I'm okay with the move for the pure fact that it's in Chicago. So it's right by, it's right for me. Like yeah. I can get there very quickly. I don't have to pay yeah. any travel. It's, it's very, very great. Um, it's not technically in Chicago, is it? I thought it was in Schaumburg. Okay. It's not in yeah, Chicago proper. It's in Chicago suburb, but same thing. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, it's exciting to go back to Adepticon. I know that we had a blast when we went there this year. Um, just glad to see Worlds finally announced uh, over there. And it's going to be busy. Um, it's going to be busier than than this year because not only is it going to have X-Wing, it's going to have the Legion World Tournament, and it's going to also have the Armada World Tournament there too. And uh, this year, they, they we were fighting for tables. Uh, There's quite a lot of, uh, of, uh, of gaming going on that time. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, I already looked at they haven't opened blocks up yet, unfortunately, at that hotel. But um, I believe there's a couple of hotels that have it. And like so um, I have pre-registered at a hotel that allows for cancellation for a, a, a room. Um, I have no idea. It's not the place where JJ and I stay. <laughs> no, heck no. No, no we no. are not going to go back to that place. Nope. Sorry, JJ. I I know you really want to. Like that. No. Like J. As soon as it happened, JJ messaged me. He's like, did you see they're gonna have worlds in Adepticon? Can we get rooms at the same place? He's like, can we even see if they have the same room? No, no, JJ. <laughs> I meant in the hotel, like the the Adepticon. I'm hotel. sure you I'm did, JJ. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah, yeah, no, I, we we don't. JJ want, walks um, into the room distance. and grabs the comforter and takes a deep breath, um, and I can still smell you on the blanket, Chris. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this is super to me. This is super exciting, right? Like, okay, we're finally getting AMG, um, doing some sort of actual tournament, right? Like, and what this tells me, in my opinion, and again, I'm just speculating here. But what this tells me is that there is a possibility we could be getting some sort of kit. Now, if it were me and I were AMG and I've been developing these kits, I would 100% figure out a way to make a scenario pack kit with all these different cards and do that. That's just me. So um, it's too late if AMG has not done that yet because, like, for Christ's sake, there's no way that they're going to get that done. But I feel that there's going to be some kits or something coming out where we'll be able to have some star champs or they're going to have to announce. Um, they're going to have to announce that they um, are going to have this like really big qualifier, kind of like what they've done in the past. So um, I don't know. I'm excited for it. I'm, I was a little, up, little uptight when they had Adepticon and they were only giving up the top four for a world's invite because that was a pretty stiff competition. And I don't personally feel I'm good enough to, get an invite by making top four in a large tournament, but who knows? Maybe I'll get lucky. Um, and at Gen Con, it'll happen. I, you know, I don't know. I got to start playing again, I guess. Yeah. I know um, that, um, in, in the past, at least with the FFG, this is the first time that AMG is actually hosting the world, but typically FFG always had last chance qualifiers, uh, like the day before the actual event started. And that would get you an invite to go play in the world's tournaments. Um, so hopefully they'll do that this year. I know that they do have quite a lot of people from the 2019, um, uh, worlds that never got a chance to, uh, redeem their, their passes, uh, because COVID struck, uh, right after that. 
so they'll be coming in uh, to be able to play in this world that's coming up. So, yeah. Yeah. I just hope that we get, I, I hope that they let some of the rest of us play because I would feel very bad. I mean, at least it'll be Adepticon. So um, I will tell you if we, if they don't have last chance qualifiers, but they, um, do have last chance qualifiers at um for Armada. I will be playing in Armada instead then. So or I'll be attempting to. Like if they don't do something for X Wing. But I, I feel they're gonna have to do something because I can't imagine that they're gonna have a world's event that they're gonna be like, oh, we're only gonna have, you know, twenty five to forty five people. Like it's it's gonna have to be a lot more than that. But we'll see, I guess. So yeah, but now I gotta bring not only my X Wing list, but now my Armada list on top of that. Damn it! Why are not <laughs> playing in both? You don't actually, JJ. You don't have to. I will. Uh, my buddy Phil will give us a list, and I'll just bring Phil's stuff. Yeah, except that I'm gonna Same want Phil to play. <laughs> Chris, the same the same Phil that I know. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I've been playing Armada everything. with Phil a little bit here and there. Actually. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, he, but just he's, so you know, it's hotter than all hell in this room, so I'm going to take a second and mute myself and move a box fan under my desk so it's not so hot in here. All right, no problem. Yep. All right, so we had two tournaments this weekend. Um, one with the GSP, one for the GSP uh, showdown for their new Galaxies qualifiers, and then they have... Um, they're going to have one for the, uh, what's the Windy City tournament that they had there. So I took all of the, all the total stuff and put it all together. And here's kind of some of the numbers that we have. So as you can see here, we have um, 81 people played and 14 made top cut. Only 13 actually played. I think the other one did not play. I could be wrong. Um, but I don't think the other one played. Okay. Uh, so there was only 13 that actually played, and they did what they called a top 16 for it. So, JJ, you want to quickly you want to break down the list percentages between the two? Yeah, absolutely. So for the Rebels, uh, the percentage differential of uh, list, I mean, the cut 5% for the Rebels, uh, the Empire at 4%, the Scum Faction took a dive at negative 10%, uh, the Resistance up to 3%, the First Order up to 4%, uh, the Republic uh, showing quite a bit of a dive um, since the points change uh, at, coming in at negative 11%. And separatists uh, holding at four percent as well, uh, and then it, when you take a look at the the percentages versus the other factions here, uh, two percent here for the rebels, uh, negative nine percent here for Empire. Uh, the scum evens out at zero, resistance at twenty six percent, which is a big increase there. Uh, First order and Republic uh, holding at zero percent, and then the separatists at eleven percent. And then just combining both uh, both rankings here, uh, the Rebels slightly higher here at 4%, uh, the Empire going down to 2%, uh, Scum at negative 5 uh, the Resistance showing up a lot more now at 15% total, uh, First Order at 2%, the Republic overall down at negative 6 and the Separatists at 8%. Okay. 
Exactly. So, as you can see here, we have, as you can see here, the, the, big, the big thing here <coughs> is that resistance comes out. But that's because resistance is an outlier. They have three lists with one, one banking cut. Um, and you can see here, resistance is the highest. Um, but Empire does not come out on top. So that's kind of an interesting thing. So why don't we get in, before we go through this, unless you, does anybody have any questions on statistics? If not, we can go into this, and then we kind of come back to statistics at the end. Yeah, let's, let's take a look at the list. All right, and I'll let you and Charles start covering it. Sure. Right. So we're going to take a look at the first one here. Um, this one is actually um, the winner of the event here, Crispy, Christopher Patrick. Um, he was flying the first order. Now, um, I, I will preface this that this was actually a double first order um, uh, final that we had here. And uh, Crispy just played just brilliantly with this particular list. Uh, so his list here had uh, Kylo Ren in the TIE Whisper with Shattering Shot, Instinctive Aim, Predator, Concussion Missiles, Advanced Optics, uh, Munitions Failsafe, and the Enhanced Jamming Suite. Uh, following up is Commander Malaris in the TIE FO with Marksmanship and Cluster Missiles, Scorch in the TIE FO Fighter with Predator, Fanatical of Advanced Optics, Dread in the, F, uh, the FO Bomber, with electro track missiles, skill bombardier, and uh, proximity vines, and grudge also in the bomber with elusive automated targeting priority, electro track missiles, skill bombardier, and proximity mines. Um, I gotta say the inclusion here of the electro track missiles in this list is what helped them get through to the finals here. Um, every time that he was matched up with a rebel alpha strike list. Um, he he would line up the the shot or lined up the the like going to those carriers that had torps. He would drop the um, the chaff right in their faces to break the locks as soon as they go over it, and then they couldn't shoot their torps anymore. And then the rest of the list would get around them. The bombers would get past them to set up their skill bombardier proximity mines, and Kylo Ren and Malaris would just come in and wipe up whatever was left. Um, just a, a masterclass in in flying these particular bombers and using that uh, that chat missile to help uh, negate the effect of ordinance from those alpha strike lists. Sounds like a solid, uh, solid, solid list. I mean, I've played Crispy. We know Crispy. He's been on mm -hmm. uh, been on the show before, so I've no no doubt in his skill. Um, I will say that uh, I do hold a victory over Crispy, so by proxy, the title is. <laughs> Uh, by proxy, the title is mine. Um, but crispy, if you showed up to our tournament, we can we can figure that out. Uh, second place was another first order uh, list. Uh, looks like it's Von Reg uh, with typical Von Reg uh, Daredevil on Von Reg with shield upgrade and Prockets uh, breach. Ridiculously over-upgraded Kylo, and then Commander Malaris, also in the FO. Um, I've seen lists similar to this prior to, you know, the major rules change and everything there, so I don't think there's anything crazy about this list, unless you... I'm not super familiar with First Order, so I'm going to lean on your expertise on this, JJ. 
Yeah, what's really nice about this list is that this is uh, a, an Aces style list for the first order here. Um, it, normally, what we've been seeing across the board is kind of a mixed bag between Initiative 4 and Initiative 3s. Uh, but this one here, you have three Initiative 5s and you have an Initiative 6 pilot here for the first order. Uh, which helps them uh, move and reposition after uh, the majority of the other lists that you see across the field that we're going to see later on. Um, so just having that ability to react to your opponents and set up uh, those uh, those shots uh, with the, the proton rockets or the torpedoes and, um, and helping to eliminate them at a higher initiative definitely makes for a, a, a really good, um, I, I would say this leans more into an alpha strike type list uh, for the first order. Fair. Um, you want to take the next one there, JJ? Yeah, sure. Uh, next one here uh, for the top four is Sasha Wagner. That's uh, a he's name playing... we all uh, name we all know and love. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, find the Separatist Alliance uh, definitely representing here. Uh, we have uh, General Grievous here in the Belba Lab without maneuver, impervium plating, and the Souls One title. Django Fett in the uh, the fire spray with Notorious, Count Dooku, Jammy Beam, Approximity Mines, FTC, the Slave One title, and Boba Fett Gunner. Uh, Cad Bane making an appearance in the top cut here uh, with uh, Treacherous, Ion Cannon, HLC, the Xanadu Blood title, and Proximity Mines. And then uh, DFS081 uh, with Discord Missiles, Independent Calculations, and Grappling Struts. Um, I believe... He appeared on stream, um, and he did basically like a fo bomber move where he got to get his shot off, kill the uh, kill a ship, boost into position where he can drop his proximity mines on the next turn. Like that was just brilliant. I love that uh, seeing that Cad Bane doing that there on the uh, the separatists. Uh, then we have a Galactic Empire list, which again I'm not seeing. Um, a whole lot here. We got Malice Vader with Juke and Cluster and a bevy of TIE, uh, tie Fighters. Um, contra TIEs can use Contraband? I thought that was... Never mind. The Jinguists can, yeah. They, they yeah. have uh, the illicits, yeah. So uh, you got Wampo with Discipline, two Contraband Jinguists, and Aiden with Ion Cannon and the Precision Ion Engines. Seems like a pretty... Pretty stock Empire build. I'm not seeing anything here. You're not going over the next one, so don't look so smug because it's the only scum list I see, and I'm <laughs> taking it from you um, because this is a very interesting... So for those of you who don't know, I had a housewarming party this weekend. Um, as part of that housewarming party, JJ and I came and squared off, and it was JJ's dual fire spray with Kanan list uh, versus my scum beef, which it was a very close match until it wasn't. Um and then, but if we look at this next list for Jorge, or George, sorry, whichever the case may be, I apologize if I murdered your name. Um, it's like a mixture of both of ours, because he's running Trickshot Han with Maul, Agile Gunner, Engine Upgrade, and the Falcon, um, which is good, but I really like to see Kira on there instead of Maul, but I get it. The forces it gives you the ability to fly a little more aggressively. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kath Scarlet not necessarily somebody I would have stuck in there because she really, at least in my experience, unless things have changed, uh, the last time I flew Cat Scarlet, she does really good, uh, kind of like Rebel Chewy, 
when you have a bunch of ships that you can just kind of throw in the way and let them blow up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because of her ability there. Um, but she's running elusive, which mm-hmm. the only problem I have with elusive, it gives you good, but the only red maneuvers that the fire spray has are the, the what is it, two the talent? K-turns. The two talent and the K turn? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, um, but it does give you that ability to use at least once per game if you're not going to do the red maneuvers. Uh, Electro trap missiles, we've already kind of covered how important those are to shut down range one power plays. Um, Ahsoka, again, here, I don't see her ability being used a whole lot, but she is one of the cheaper force carriers. Um, Marauder, which is wonderful, and Veteran Tail Gunner, which is amazing. Uh, and then Aemon with uh, Electro trap missiles, Delayed Fuses, Andrasto with the Blazer Bomb, which delayed fuses on a blazer bomb is just a wonderful thing um and then the child which the more i look at the child the more it seems to just be hate in a uh in a force carrier right because you you Mm -hmm. recharge force when you take damage you don't get one for each damage you take so it's not overpowered overpowered but it's still built like that and i i like two medium bases and one big base and the trick shot Han Solo with Maul and everybody, that's that's a pretty solid, pretty solid list. I'd like to see how he flew this and see how he manages the the different size bases. Yeah, and just thinking of like a Calf Scarlet, like I at first like I was like really trying to figure out like why you would take Calf Scarlet in this particular list. Uh, because you're right, you know, Calf Scarlet needs those generics in order for her to to be a very effective. But uh, just taking a look at the all the other fire sprays, right? Because the only one that's not a seven point uh, fire spray is Boba, um, since he comes in at nine. And just taking a look at all the other options, everything else is going to be at initiative three or lower. Um, so if you want to initiative match with Iman, it has to be Calf, uh, which help, helps you get uh, more maneuvers sure. and and help you like position better. And you just basically ignore the ability and just go for whatever you equipped on her. So I, 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 very solid and congrats on, on making that top eight with that list. Really nice. I would say he's the only scum that made uh top eight, right? Uh, I think so. Just from a quick look down. I mean, he's here. the only, he's the yeah. only scum in top 16. Yeah. Yeah. That's for when I could see so far. So yeah. Way to, way yeah. to represent the brand. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So the um, the next one here is a Galactic Empire list here by Richard Auden. Uh, he has a uh, a Tie Fighter Swarm, uh, which is a, a, again we're seeing this here making uh, a big splash again uh, with all these uh, name pilots on here. Uh, How Runner with Crackshot Swarm Tactics. Uh, I didn't with Crackshot Disciplined and Precision Ion Engines. Getting in Hask also with Discipline, Crackshot, and Precision Ion Engines. Baller Mythil with Crackshot and Jammy Beam, Wampa with Disciplined, and Scourge Skatu with Crackshot, and then the ISB Jingoist with Contraband Cybernetics. Um, I got to say, uh, Precision Ion Engines, the more I play with it, the more I'm liking um, uh, like that particular upgrade, right? Because you get the option to change your K-turn into that Sloop Maneuver. Uh, which helps you kind of get around or react, especially if you're at a higher initiative, react to the other party to see if they're trying to block you and change the direction of how you're turning around. Um, so really, really good um, like upgrade there for the TIE Fighters. 
Yeah. Can I can I jump on a soapbox for a second? Yeah. If you're running named TIE fighters, you shouldn't be able to fit seven in the list. Call me call me old school, but like a a tie swarm should be nameless ties that have been upgraded a little bit. You should not be running seven or eight named ties in a list. Just my personal opinion for balance purposes. The same as you should not be able to have five named X-Wing pilots or, you know what I mean? I can't have more than five uh, Fang fighters and they only have one more health than a, than a tie does. But I can't have more than four of those in a list. So, I mean, I think that points balancing i mean I, I get what they're going for with the 20 point thing and i hate to to sound like john um but i really do believe that um we need a little bit wider of a points margin on the ships uh to be yeah. able to balance out the the points a little bit more because having everybody you know fang fighter like being four points or above does not allow for a whole lot of uh, ingenuity when it comes to building on certain lists. Yeah, especially when they have uh, when they have loadout values where they can add a lot of these upgrades on there too. Yeah, I agree. Yep. I think your loadout value should be altered based on, and I don't know how you would do the math on it, but based on the number of ships that are in your list. So like if you're running a, a three-ship list, you get more points for loadouts. But if I go to four ships, I get slightly less points for loadouts. Five ships, even less. Six ships, even less. Seven ships, even less. Eight ships, none. If you're going to put eight bodies on the board, you maybe get one upgrade per ship and no more than maybe two or three points. That's interesting. I would disagree with that. Of course you would. You fly fucking droids 99% of the time. <laughs> yeah. <The> same. <laughs> Like that that neuters your list so hard, but I mean to be fair, right now it, you don't even you've been running with almost nil upgrades on them other than landing struts anyway. Yeah, and look how well they've done. Yeah. Just saying. All right. So our next list is an Octarcon list, uh Rebel list. I will be honest, I'm a little disappointed in him. I would have thought he would have <laughs> ran scum. So yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm, I'm highly disappointed actually because I feel scum has um a he's not running the swarm, right? So it's not like he can just say, Well, I can't run an N3A swarm, therefore blah blah blah. Like he didn't it, there's a scum here. Um I don't know. Uh he's got wedge. And Luke and Cullaby all in the X-Wing and Fen, which we all thought was never gonna see the light of day, somehow is now seeing the light of day with the child instead of K2SO and R4 Astromech. Um, and I'm not gonna go through any of the stupid loadouts for these X-Wings and their Proton torpedoes, because that's what it is. Um and then the next list, who wants what's, the next well, list? Well, just real quick, what's Colby's ability? So Colby's ability is uh, while you're after you perform a boost, you can flip open your foils card. So essentially, when you activate Colby, um, you do your maneuver, and then uh, since with the the T sixty five X wings uh, foils closed, you could do a focus into boost, and then open your foils again, so that way you get your full attack die. So oh, that makes it. him, okay. yeah, and that makes him uh, a much more maneuverable x-wing um but the the problem is is that once you get locked into that that chain 
um, you can't really do a, a K turn. Um, so it, it makes him more fly like an A wing um, that has a bigger punch, uh, but you can't turn around. So that's that's basically the the gist of that particular pilot. But Colby is actually, I think Colby is actually pretty good, especially for four points. Oh yeah, absolutely. Fairness. Like it's, I I would put that up there with with probably my top um a Rebel X wing right now. Yeah. I think you get um, back when Thane was four points. I think this is better than what Thane was. So, absolutely. All right. Next list is Steve Coutillo. Yep. Uh, he's flying a Galactic Empire list here. Uh, we have an appearance of Rexler Brath in the side defender with Juke, fire control system, uh, Jammy Bean, and Diamond Boron missiles on a side defender, which. Um, I completely forgot that Rexler actually has a double missile slot that he can actually equip that there. Uh, that's really good, actually. Uh, that's a really great combo on Rexler. Um, we have the TIE X1 Vader with Hate, Elusive, and Pattern Analyzer with Afterburners. And then two ISB Jinguists, one with Cloaking Device, which is interesting, and Contraband Cybernetics, and then Wampa with Disciplined. That's a, a really interesting <sighs> take on this particular archetype. Especially now that you're not able to put a, you're not allowed to be cloaked and pick up a crate anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say so. Essentially, he dropped down to Vader X one from Vader Defender, uh, to get the extra tie. That's that's all that that is. Because I've ran the two ISB Jingoists, and actually, I have ran the cloaking device version. Um, I hated it. I did not. It, it doesn't fit my play style. I personally yeah. don't like it. So, yeah. All right. Next is top 16. Charles, you want to take one? Uh, why do I keep getting the first order? Um, Kylo, then pick a different one. Malice different and Proton one. Torps. That's good. Uh, Breach in the Bomber, Nightfall in the Whisper, and Malaris in the Z Class Shuttle. Why is what is Bio Hexacrypt Codes? That's an upgrade I don't get to use as a scum player. So, so uh, Bio Hexacrypt Codes is a tech upgrade card that allows you to either jam or coordinate a ship that you have a target lock on, um, ignoring the, the range, right? So, normally a jam, you would have to be either in bullseye at range two. Um, or range one for this one, as long as you have a um, a target lock on the on the ship, you can jam them, ignoring range. Um, or in this case, for, uh, with this list, you can actually coordinate them um, even beyond range two, uh, which is fantastic. If they if you have a fast ship that needs that um, that extra push with a coordinate, right? On. Yep. So if you like, so for example, I didn't see this guy fly, but I would assume. Uh, for example, he would be coordinating, uh, locking breach and coordinating, so breach could be focus and um, either focus or evade and, and, and target lock at the same time when it when it needs to. Um, that's a unique bomber. Um, a unique bomber without the uh, without any bombs. <laughs> yeah, and feedback ping on top of that, right? Yeah. Um, the only thing I can think of is this, the sensor buoy suite. Uh, yep. which allows you to um, grab free locks at the start of the engagement. Um, com combining that with feedback ping could be actually pretty good, um, and you can help coordinate um, from from anywhere. So, yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, the yeah. next list is a Rebel Alliance by Luke. JJ? 
Uh, so Luke Sinol are running a uh, Lando Calrissian in the Millennium Falcon with perceptive co-pilot Ninam Bastan and the Falcon title. Uh, Luke Skywalker uh, and with Gentilis with um, with a little bit of different loadout, but still uh, Alpha Strike list. And uh, in this version, we have Wedge with Swarm Tactics here, um, either bringing up Lando or Luke uh, for uh, up to Initiative 6 to really try to take out something early on. Um, but yeah, a, a pretty good list here, a three-ship list here for the Rebels, and it made top 16. That's, uh, that's actually really good. like it. Yep, I like this list. There's a um, another list I want to show you. Uh, maybe if we have time at the end of the show, I want to show you this other list and get your take on it, JJ. Yeah. All right, the next one, and I'm going to skip one because I hate, I, I don't care about Rebels. Uh, the, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm going to cover both Rebels, and I'm just going to cover both of them because I'm going to do the Separatist one no matter what. But uh, they have a... Sven is running a similar Rebel list as to the one we just saw above... Uh, with Luke and Wedge and Fen. Uh, this time, the difference is they have Dutch with Protons, um, which is interesting to see Dutch with Protons because that eats all of Dutch's points up. Um, I've seen like a dorsal turret, plasmas, and R3. But I guess if you just if you're just gonna do nothing but Alpha Strike, this kind of makes sense. Um, the heightened perception is a little bit different. Um, so that it, it allows so he has heightened perception and swarm tactics so like it gives that ability to whoever is closer to be able to um, be at the top initiative so um, I'm assuming what he's doing is running Fen and Dutch together and swarm tacticking Dutch to come up to him yeah. and then he has Wedge and Luke right and Luke goes I'm heightened perception so as long as nobody else has an I6 his whole list will do nothing but shoot first, <laughs> no yeah. matter what. Um, which, again, that's kind of why I was like, ah, maybe maybe uh, the plasmas would be better, right? And the dorsal turret or I don't know. But anyway, that uh, he obviously did very well with this list. Um, I do like Fen with Swarm Tactics. Um, I've just never been able to get it off because Fen moves so bloody slow just compared to everybody else. Um, yeah, and then on top of that, you know, with um, with Dutch, all you have to do is just give him a focus, and then at I six, Fen can coordinate uh, Dutch to get that target lock, and then give that other target lock to uh, to Luke or Wedge if they haven't acquired theirs um, to really like hit a target. So yeah, really yeah. good. I would assume it would be Wedge that would get it. That would be my assumption, just because. Yeah. Um, Wedge can then do the focus if he wants and the boost, and it won't matter. Um, uh, the next list is Ethan Williams in the Separatist. He's running a Django Sam list. <laughs> Folks, we have Django Sam back again with a Separatist bomber with Electro Trafe missiles, Indy Calcs, and Landing Struts. Um, uh, the Zam and Django list there. Uh, is essentially Django's got the palp on them, proton bombs, uh, contraband, cybernetics, fuses, and um, the Slave One veteran tail gunner. And Zam has Treacherous, Dooku, Seismics, Dead Man Slitch, and Delayed Fuses. Um, and I would actually have dumped Treacherous and switched uh, Dead Man Switch to FCS. 
Actually, I probably would put FCS on both of them versus the contraband. I like Charles has sold me in the FCS department, I think. FCS. So here's something interesting that happened in the game that JJ and I played. And it didn't take up, it didn't really cause a whole lot of shenaniganry because of the new rules that were passed. Without the new rule that allows you to be on something and then fly off of it, and as long as you don't land on it, you don't take damage again. Without that, this might have changed our game a little bit, JJ, just, just yeah. speaking openly. Um, but JJ was flying a uh, fire spray that had Kira on it, and he had target locked a debris cloud and then parked himself on that debris cloud. And I was able to get Lando and the Falcon to within range three and then target lock onto his fire spray using FCS to jam off, or not FCS, um, uh, false transponder FCC. codes. Yeah, FCC. FCC. Uh, to jam off JJ's target lock that was on the uh, debris cloud. So by old rules, his next movement would have given him a potential damage from the debris cloud plus the stress. Um, in this case, all he got was the stress and not the damage, but still, like, FTC opens up a lot of different ways for you to offensively use your target lock in a way to to strip tokens and things like that as well as making it a negative for your opponent to take a lock on you. I like FTC. I think FTC is wonderful. So, Yep. And I, I think I, I think I'm more on board with that, especially with fire sprays than the the uh, contraband. Um, but I can understand why contraband people would think that's really good. I love contraband just because you can do like a red uh, like do a, a red maneuver to get a good shot. And then the next turn you are completely unpredictable because if you spend contraband, you can do another red maneuver and still take an action. Like it makes you very highly unpredictable. In my case, it would not have done me any good because Rook wound up with four strains and like 17 stress on her before she died. So it's still one of those things, but yeah, I like contraband, but it's very situational. All right. <clears throat> the next list is Ben. Uh, yeah, Ben Wetton with running the Galactic Empire and running another uh, TIE Swarm list here. Um, this one a lot more offensive than the other one that we saw that was a ranked a little higher here. So I agree. I think it's tactics. very offensive. Yeah. <laughs> we have a, a Swarm Tactics Crackshot Howlrunner with Aiden running Proton Rockets. Gideon has also running Proton Rockets. Moff Gideon with Proton Rockets as well. Uh, and then a Jinguist with Wampa uh, to round off the list. Um, but seeing a total of three Proton Rockets and a TIE Swarm um, and also a Crackshot Howlrunner, uh, this is a really strong list to um, to put, potentially put out some some heavy damage here on some unsuspecting uh, victims. This is an undercover Rebel list. Um, all of these are actually A-Wings, just A-Wing pilots <laughs> flying TIE fighters with the same loadout. Oh, my God. They can't move like an A-Wing. They can't boost. They have no... Oh, I'm done. All right. Well, of course, that's why they're they're flying incognito, Chris. We don't want them to okay. fly like A-Wings. Otherwise, they'd just be in A-Wings. What's the purpose? It's a covert mission, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Charles, you want the next one? This guy, I believe, dropped... Um, I I wasn't around this morning uh, uh, much at all, honestly, today. Uh, but this guy did not see in the bracket. I think this is the only instance 
uh, of the resistance Y-Wing, which dominated the meta at a certain point. We saw them everywhere when they first dropped. Uh, and they've kind of fallen off, but seeing Poe Dameron in the T-70, Zori Bliss in the uh, NR-2 Y-Wing, uh, Kazuto in the Fireball, I always, I have a weak spot for him. Those ships are terrible, but God dang it, I love when I see someone flying Kazuta. And then uh, Kovanel in the Resistance Transport. That's uh, a pretty basic build for Kova. Kaz is on point for what he should do. Uh, Zori doesn't seem really out there other than the wartime loadout, which I'm happy to see kind of being able to be seen. Uh, and then Poe is just static. Yeah. Poe's got swarm tactics. That's a little bit different. We've not seen that before. Yeah, but outside of that, that is just a regular Poe. All right. So. Yeah. Before let's let's do this before we so before we move into the next um, tournament, right? Let's do reflections on this. So the first reflection, I would say Charles hates Thai swarms and thinks they ah. should be banned. Um, no, 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 don't don't do that. I didn't say they should be banned and I don't hate them. I dislike them. I've disliked them since 1.0 because they're a pain in the ass. They're worse than droid swarms, except for the fact that droid swarms could stop on rocks. What I said is. You should not be able to fly a seven or eight ship list and have named pilots with upgrades in that list. One of the balancing factors that has always existed for a TIE Swarm is if someone flew a TIE Swarm, it was bare effing bones. There was yeah. no upgrades. There was no named. You got, you got eight ships on the board with eight guns on the board, and that's it. You didn't get a full bevy of upgrades. You didn't get a full bevy of pilot abilities. Everything was I-1, no upgrades, no abilities. It was just your piloting skill versus mine. I don't think if you're going to run like Ben's list, you shouldn't have Howl Runner, Mauler, Aiden, Gideon, Moff Gideon, uh, and Wampa, and then throw in one generic with a full bevy of upgrades and everything in there. You shouldn't have a seven-ship swarm that has that many upgrades. And I understand you disagree as a Separatist player. Swarms are your bread and butter. Swarms are what you go to. But if I'm flying eight ships, they all shouldn't have upgrades. There was a balancing mechanism that balanced, that gave somebody the ability to balance the, the TIE Swarm. In 1.0, if I could fly eight TIEs with a full upgrade CAD, there wasn't anybody that could touch it. Well, here we obviously see that they can touch it. I will agree with you a little bit that this tie swarm that are creeping up with the eight to 10 point loadout points. I do kind of agree that that's worse. Like, I don't mind the name ties in fairness. What's more bothering is when you start, like you said, the loadout piece um, and then being able to take quite a bit of stuff like prockets on on a TIE fighter that just says, oh, I don't care if I'm going to die next turn. It's a little bit more powerful than a Discord missile. Let, let's yeah. just be honest. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I definitely agree. And, and so I, I'm I'm in agreement with you, Charles, in the piece that I don't know if I think TIE should be able to carry a million things like that. Um, and and, and to, let's piggy off your point where um, you limit the loadout points based on the ship count, right? Instead of doing that, 
you could always give different loadout styles, right? So if, 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 if let's say Aiden, and maybe this accomplishes the same thing, but if Aiden is running with five or more ties or five or more ships, we'll just say five or more ships, Aiden loses the missile slot, right? Or Aiden loses this slot. Could probably still keep the same load loadouts because what are you going to do? Put a shield upgrade on her? I mean, I guess, but that's not thing. really that big a deal. From, from a scum player, right? What does scum rely on? We rely on our upgrades. Right, we rely on our ability to scum shit up, to have upgrade combinations that break the game a little bit, and you have to adapt to it. When I wanted a six ship scum list, I wanted three fangs, two M3As, and a mining guild tie. There was enough room points wise for a tractor beam, and that was it. For for six ships, that was it. Was just one tractor beam. There was not enough points for anything else. Now, I can't fly that list in accordance with the 20 points because there's just not enough room. But, I mean, in the uh, the uh, Yarvin, the Battle of Yarvin, um, <laughs> <laughs> if I could have, you know, an extra, you know, few points to be able to fly that list, I would be able to have three fangs with full upload capability two M3As that could be loaded out and a mining guild tie that could be loaded out. That vastly changes the survivability of that list. Yeah. And it did well without all of that. It's only yeah. going to do better when you add all of that stuff to it. And I'm probably going to piss off a lot of people with what I'm saying, but I'm just saying the balancing mechanism that has always been in X-Wing is if you want more bodies on the board, that's fine but you're going to have to do without your Swiss army knife on every single one of them. If you're willing to use less bodies, you get more toys, but more bodies equals less toys. And unfortunately right now where we're at in the current state of X-Wing, it doesn't matter how many bodies you have on the board, you still get all the toys. So just to yeah. kind of, kind of point that a little bit, right? So if we still had these, these uh, these named pilots, right? At still at two points, but we gave them no loadout points at all. What is would this still be as powerful? No. Yeah. I, I you, you would have pilot abilities, but there's there's no there's no alpha strike when you just have ties with pilot abilities, except for like. Uh, uh, like the stupid pilot is like Hawk that allows people to stay on the board and stuff like that. Warhawk, you know what yeah. I mean? If I'm going to mm -hmm. run, if I'm going to run Hawk with like seven torrents, no, I shouldn't have Hawk. I should have a far less, you know what I mean? But that's just me personally, right? Because as scum, we don't have the ability to run a swarm as scum right now. That's I just throw I get M3As, M3As I can do, but they're still three points each. So I'm not, I'm, I'm getting less than, I'm getting six. So the, I think the maximum you can run, with the exception of maybe Z95s, is six ships. I can't run seven, I can't run eight. I used to be able to fit eight M3As, but in order to fit eight M3As, I had to drop to the I1, and I didn't have enough points for upgrades on any of them. So I was flying eight oh. naked M3As. Well, I mean, you can 
you can run seven ships in scum. You just gotta have one of them be the escape craft that will die. <laughs> Stop it, JJ. Stop trolling. Don't troll. Don't troll. He's, no look, trolling. He's a giant. He's a Giants fan. They don't know what it's like to win a Super Bowl. Look, so they have you to go be in. Other people. You grab an, a, a salvage cargo crate at round okay, two. All right, done. Care. We're done. We're done. Okay, JJ, what's your take? What, what's your hot initiative or hot initiative? What's your hot take from from what you see in this tournament? So um, my my prediction that First Order was going to take this tournament was, uh, I, I guess, my it came true for me. Um, I was taking a look at a lot of different First Order lists uh, prior to this event and just seeing all the different combos that were available to the First Order, despite the fact that First Order lost um, uh, Commander Pyre, uh, which is a big, big upgrade there for the First Order. Um, and it just forces other players to consider other options in the faction here. Um, with uh, Crispy List in, in particular, you drop that Z-Class shuttle, and, uh, and now you have options for another ace to be added onto the, the list there, uh, which uh, increases the effectiveness of that, um, that particular archetype, right? Now you have five aces instead of uh, four aces and a support ship. And um, and it, it just really helps um, First Order just develop other archetypes that they could be really good at that helps counter a couple of the other lists that we have out there. Um, with uh, with Crispy List, he has a utility list. He can, he can react to different uh, metas that are out there right now. I mean, one of the biggest ones that we had that we were afraid of was uh, the Defender Vader. Uh, he was the, the current boogeyman that we had with the new points update that a lot of people felt that he was too cheap that you can equip him or bring him in with other TIE Fighters. And, you know, you, you have this First Order list that can come in and deal with that and also deal with the uh rebel the rebel alpha strike list and i think that um that that's good i think it's it's uh, a really good archetype for the game so so you kind of stole mine a little bit mine was guess how many vader defenders you saw in top cut <laughs> <laughs> yep well at least one yeah which we're going to see something different here in a second but um you know and, and to me this shows that Vader Defender, yes, maybe uh, we could tweak it a little bit, but in reality, it's not such an overpowering thing that um, that we have that we have to see. And did you did anybody look at um, at how many defenders there were? Uh, no, I haven't. But I'll I'll pull up that stat while you're all right. Going. Eight, and one of them was Rexler. Oh. Two of them were, were Rexler. Nice. And one of them is Dobbs. Nice. Three. So out of eight, fifty percent of the field was not the Fader Defender. So that's right. Just saying it's not as boogeyman-ish as what people want to make it out to be. All right. So shall we go? Let's go on to the next tournament because that'll be pretty easy. Um, to deal with, I think, right? Yeah. The next one is the three one two Windy Cities trial. There was twenty people here total this weekend. Um, and uh, there's twenty people total this weekend. Empire was the prevailing um uh, top faction. They had six top lists, and three of them made cut. 
Now, in fairness, on a twenty in a twenty, you know, list type thing, right? You know, it, this is a little bit a smaller sample size. Sorry, I'm bleeding. I got hold on. <laughs> You're right, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how what I did to cut myself. I, I, anyway, um, so out of a top four cut, three of them were Empire. So, um, one of them Charles will be happy about is Scum. So. Scum also made top cut here. Um, and I'm not like sad about that list either. So it's kind of a cool list, I thought, for it. Wow. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. so if we, we look Ooh. here. Wait, how? Whoa, whoa, back up. We'll get to it. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to We're it. Gonna, you're okay. going to. Okay. You, okay. Charles, I just, I just your, looked at the list and I'm like, motherfucker, seriously? Yeah. Yeah, I know. So when well, we get there, we got the parental warning on this episode. So fuck it. Did, do we? I didn't know we did. Okay, uh, good to know. Um, all right. So you know, so okay. When we look at it, we look at it overall. Empire comes out ahead. Scum comes out a little bit ahead. Um, you know. So if we looked at just this tournament, we're, you're going to be very shocked. Um, but I think again, we're going to skip the statistics. And what will happen is when we get to the all and all statistics, we can. Kind of go from there. So prevailing champion is Matt Carey with a Vader X1 list and a decimator, a Mornakee decimator. Not even your standard rack decimator. Mornakee is the decimator that made it. Um with two ISB Jingoists and Wampa. Um uh X1 Vader is similar except for hate. They have hate instead of like shattering shot or hate instead of um I don't I don't even know what else you would put besides brilliant evasion as well. Brilliant evasion, yeah, as well. Um it's that this Vader is definitely a Vader that says, I'm gonna come in, I don't care uh, about getting hit. Seventh sister and triple zero. And what I want to know is what the hell does seventh sister crew do because i don't know with proxies um, dauntless and delayed fuses so seven sister you can spend a force um to target a ship uh that that moves if they gain the stress token they can remove it and gain a tractor token instead so if somebody comes in hot um to to try to like get in position if they get a stress token um pop seven sister and they take a tractor now for their trouble and um, yeah, <laughs> it, it could be really good. A really great control piece. Yep. And the sad thing with Wampa and Night Beast being the same price, um, nobody's taking Night Beast anymore. Why would anybody take Night Beast? I love Night Beast. It's a double mod. You get a yeah. evade and a focus. Mm -hmm. Or a focus and a crate. Or a focus and a scramble. I mean, like Night Beast was just... A really good objective getter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like really, really good. Great. Um yeah. So, anyway, so this is this is a unique a, this is a little bit unique. I I couldn't believe a, a decimator made top cut. And um my question's going to be is do we see this decimator at all? Like do we see decimators later on? Yeah, I, don't know. I think so. I think that um I uh, uh, just just uh something behind the curtain i was recently in a in a, uh, a list building meeting recently um just discussing the viability of Mornikey, um particularly with dead men switches jingoists uh with ruthless 
and um, just getting those jinguises to block up uh, aces that want to take target locks or get objectives there, and then using Warnicky to either triple zero somebody if um, if they don't want to give her a calculate um, using Seven Sister to track to them instead, and then ruthlessing into uh, jinguis that's about to die, and then causing that explosion from ruthlessness. Um, and and their initiative four. Part of a, a list building Illuminati, just saying. <laughs> yeah, and then on top of that, uh, since their initiative four matching uh, the Jinguis and Warnicky, even though they they did man switch, they still get a shot because they're not removed until the end of the the initiative phase. Um, there, there's a lot that you can do uh, with this particular list to just help suppress the center of the board. Um, and then just Defender Vader coming in from a flank and just really punishing and um, and taking care of uh, the rest of the list. So, so I have a real, a lot of real quick question. It's not first off. That's not Defender Vader. That's X One. No, no, X One um, Vader. Yeah. yeah. So don't yeah. don't scare don't scare people. <laughs> you're you're gonna scare people. Um. So the first question I have is with Morton Key. Can you take your reinforce, right? And because the reinforce, you get to flip to the other side. That's how you keep it. You just flip it back and forth. Yeah. So if you flip it to the front, and then your next turn, you take a second reinforce, do you get to flip both of them, or do you only get to flip one? one. Yeah, just one. But you could technically reinforce front and back every turn. Yeah, or just never do, take them on. Or do double front. So if somebody shoots at you from the front uh, with like a proton torpedo, that's two automatic evades. All right, I like yeah. it. I like it actually. I like it. I mm -hmm. think that you're. I think you're right. I think that's a slept on um, piece, especially for seven points. I would question putting the seven sister and proxies on there, right? Like I think you. I think there's other loadouts I would be putting in there over that. Yeah, I, I would consider Callus um, or even um, uh, Minister Tua um, for whenever you, you actually start taking damage and you want to get that reinforced action. Um, I think that's there's an argument for that as well, um, although it leaves you stressed. Um, but still, having the proximity mice to discourage somebody coming in from the rear, um, that's that, that could be pretty strong. So. All right. Charles, you want to take the next list? Um, are we to the scum list yet? No. Not yet. Oh, then no, I don't want to take the next list. All right. Rotation -wise, I <laughs> so, the scum list, so no. We're not going to skip the scum list for you. It's your list. So uh, the next one here is David McCambridge uh, flying another Galactic Empire list here. This one is uh, Vader in the Tide Defender. Uh, with Malice Ruthless on this one, Pattern Analyzer and Magpulse Warheads with the title. Uh, so we have an elite mm. Tide Defender um, Invader in this one. Um, we have so no free evade. No, yeah, no free, free evade. evade. Nope. This one's all offense. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we have Vermeil with Elusive, Baffle, and Palpatine. Uh, and two Jinguists with Contraband Cybernetics and Wampa with Discipline. Um, uh, really interesting to see Vader with uh, the Tide Defender Elite. I think he's actually a really solid candidate for it uh, because he's all offense. Um, yes, he burns down fast, but uh, he can punch really, really hard uh, with this particular setup. So, so I have a question. This is, gonna, uh, this is another question, another weird question, list building question. Think about it this way: if, like, we had talked about the Tide Defender Elite title being shit. 
What if it was negative one? Oh, so now we're pulling what they did with the uh, Star Viper in 1.0, where we're giving negative points to make it a little better. But I hope you it's, mean it's negative pit. one loadout, right? No. <laughs> no. Negative one point, and it's a one pip. We create a one well, pip. You get a you get negative one point. I now can take. Um... <laughs> so you 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 would make Vader uh, eight point tight. No, no, no. I actually would. I uh, no. I think you actually should move Vader to ten points. And if you take the Fender Elite title, it could be nine points. That's my opinion. That's personal opinion. Would be that. Like I feel Vader Defender probably should go up one point. Um, and I I, I think we'll see that happen. Um, even though he's not really this boogeyman that people are worried if, about. If they did that, Vader would be the only person who would be allowed to oh, have that title. No, no, you know, you you know why, right? I no, know, I why? know why. And I'm gonna okay, I'm gonna right. I think that it should hundred percent happen. Give me three tied defenders back, baby. <laughs> Give it to me. Gotcha. I'll stop running swarms. I promise I'll stop running swarms. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Sam Sosakin was the next one, and he is running a, a Vader Defender um, uh, with standard loadout and Major Vermeil uh, with Seven Sister Captain Hark, Hark, which I thought was uh, pretty cool to see. We had not what seen that before. JJ? Uh, I'll have to put that up know. there, actually. Oh, snap! The upgrade so, encyclopedia had to look something it's, up? It's the one that gives you the focus. It's the red focus, I believe. Um, Ion, Deceptive co-pilot? No, that gives you two focuses <laughs> for white. Can you imagine? You could actually put Perceptive yeah, Copilot on Vermeil. So it, it's after you fully execute a red maneuver, um, you can spend a charge on the card to get a focus token. And so that's yep. pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually like for two, I think it's two points, two or three points. Uh, three. Yeah. Three points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In my opinion, that's and I like seeing it. It's a unique uh, thing. And then he's running two jingoists with overtune modulators. For whatever reason, we're going to put overtune modulators on these things. And Wampa. Naked. Naked Wampa. I don't understand why Nate Wampa was naked, but I'm sure that's just a mistake in their TTT. I, I can't imagine he didn't have something to Wampa. But yeah. yeah. All right, Charles. Yes. So was this, You're a, next. this was an expanded tournament? Yes, this was. Yeah, yep. this was extended. Ah, yeah. Okay. So I've thrown off. I'm so used to just being like, ah, Scum gets like seven chips and then fuck them. So... Han Solo with Kira trick shot, which is normal. Agile Gunner, which is a little, I've been hearing a lot about it, but the way I fly the Falcon, it kind of circles the outside like the Jumpmaster. So I don't see a lot of need for Agile, but sure. Uh, and then Savage Press, um, which for me is just a force carrier. I don't use a lot of the force carrier's abilities because they're just force carriers. What does Savage do off the top of my off the top of your head, JJ? Do you know? Uh, you can spend a force to choose another friendly ship um, that gained the stress and give them a focus. Fair. It's like a free okay. cord. It's a focus coordinate. It's essentially yeah. what it is. Mm -hmm. All right, which is good then, if you if you if you need to. Let's get this other one out of the way real quick. So Bosk with the Houndstooth, which is fucking stupid. Why? Other than for the lulls, because it's free. 
Yeah. Overtune modulators, Greedo, Zam, Triple Zero, Jamming Beam, Notorious, blah, blah, blah. Same old bullshit on Boss. Gay for Boss. Katsu Ono, which... Oh, I love Katsu. I ran a Katsu Asajj list in 1.0 that was just fucking stupid. Uh, Fearless Katsu. Katsu is the tractor beam one, right? Yep. Yes. Yep. So you got the ability to assign a tractor beam when you shoot at somebody uh, with the Shadowcaster title and the ability to assign a tractor beam to someone who is at range one and in both your mobile arc and your front arc. Uh, yes. Yeah, the, it has to be in both, yeah. You're right, so you're basically making her a jousting ship. You're not going to rotate because you need to keep that, so this kind of locks your front. Uh, but Contraband gives you the ability to do a 5K two turns in a row, which is a pretty huge maneuver for a big base ship. Um, God, I love the Lancer class. Can we get that in Black Box, please? Can we just... Yes. Can we just re-release all of the scum ships in Black no, Box, please? No, just th that one of the Star Viper. That and, and the Mist Hunter. Nah. I really, I want the Mist Hunter to be good. I do. It's a piece of shit. It is the worst ship in the fucking game. But I really want it, and I'd love to. I'd love to see Kira's fighters in, in Black Box as well because they're amazing. My my scum X wings. All right. I love it. I love this. I love the. The three big base. JJ knows it's a pain in the ass to fly against because that's a lot of ass to get around. And that's yep. a lot of red dice, too. Yep, All absolutely. Right. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go back into... So let's look at uh, on a recap piece, right? So real quick, these are kind of the the numbers, right, for the uh, four tournaments. Um so we see Rebel shows up very well, minus the um, <clears throat> Windy City. Empire shows up pretty decent for GSP. Scum did good, but then kind of like has tapered off. Um, Resistance didn't show well in Kyber, but has shown well in two out of the four. Republic, it feels like it's taken a bath. And I think I'm going to... We're, we we could get into that in a minute because uh, there's a lot of people that want to argue with me that um, Republic was nerfed too hard. I disagree. Um, and then um, Separatists have never had a really good showing. So, so now yeah. if we go ahead, yeah, go ahead. yeah I, I was going to say like one of the things I'm interested in with the statistics is if the availability of ships um, made an impact on what people were flying. Um, in the Windy City uh, tournament versus like online on TTS, right? Like just having access to those particular ships um, with upgrades on top of that, uh, it, making them more available to like more players than, you know, versus what you get to, you have access to everything on TTT. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, 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 so yes, that's probably a fair, uh, a fair analysis, but there was only 20 players. I'm pretty sure, you know, if somebody had asked, somebody could have borrowed something, right? That's you true. know, it's kind of like if you had made tournament um, extended, I you, agree, you, the two of you could just have brought everything needed. Yeah. Actually, I should charge you. Why is it not extended? Me and Charles could be running Star Vipers. I mean, come on, man. 
Like, oh, you fucked Charles God. over. Is it, too late? is it too late to trade? Is it too late to change the tournament settings? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> Playing yeah. Play Syndicate Showdown is standard. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, JJ. I'm on Charles' side here. Come on, I'm baby. Running a, I'm running a Star Viper with Gar Saxon on it. Come at me. Star Viper with Gar Saxon? <laughs> all, right, all right. that That's unique. That's unique. All right, so... Oh. Let's look at the, the the combined statistics are are down at the bottom, right? You know, so what I did is I said, okay, well, let's look at the total list, and then uh, let's kind of look at our different percentages, and <clears throat> then you know, kind of can compare, right? Because and I think this is important because the Windy City shifts towards Empire, right? You know, and before and we've been and scum, and and before we'd been saying. You know, well, a scum is not viable, and oh, empire is going to dominate everything. Blah 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 blah, and you know, it, it, we, we're seeing no resistance, which I think is so true. Um, actually, we resistance still isn't showing up to do a damn thing. Um, but anyway, so we had 381 lists, and 68 of them make top cut, right? And and this is a little bit skewed because top cuts not a set amount of players, right? It's all four and ones right now, or five yeah. and ones, or better. So there's, there's, you're gonna get a variance that's gonna happen a little bit with the total number of ships and players. Essentially, what we're seeing is 18% of lists get into top cut. So essentially, for the most part, you're seeing if you go to a tournament, on average, you have an 18% chance of being in top cut. Now, I don't know what that was before. I don't have the time to do that research unless it's such a amazing statistic that we need that. Um, anyway, um, so there's that. Then what we see is Empire comes in at a neutral amount. So essentially the amount of lists that have that, that they have versus their top cut rate neutralizes itself out. Rebel comes in slightly higher. They have 4% more lists that are making cut than what would be predicted. Scum, which I thought was crazy, is coming in at 2% more. 2% more. That's just... That's that's crazy to me. Um, resistance and First Order are neutral. Republic is down 1% and Separatists is in the toilet 5%. So then I said, okay, well, well, again, let's look at top cut percent versus faction list percent, right? So if X amount of lists are coming in a faction, X percent um, should be put into top cut, right? So if you have a more represented list than the other list, you're going to get something different, right? So Rebel comes in at negative 2%, which means it's overrepresented and underperforming in that this section. Empire is 1%. Scum comes in at 0 Resistance <laughs> comes in at 7%. It's just crazy to me. First Order is at 11% right now. 11 effing percent. Um, Republic comes in neutral, and Separatist is actually up 4%. So 
So then you take the, the combined ranking between the two. So Rebels is technically up 1%. Empire is neutral. Scum's up 1%. Resistance, 3 First Order is still at 6%. And then Republican Separatists come in neutral. So when we look at all the numbers, technically the top rank is First Order. Followed by Resistance, which again... More people should be playing resistance to kill this number, right? Either more people play resistance because <laughs> we can't, we're not getting like a, they, I'm sorry, but like that is just a small swatch of, um, you, you know, top cut and, and this and that. I, I just, it's crazy, right? Um, anyway. So but, just to kind of hit on that point, right? Do you think that? Currently, right now, with the points that the way they are, do you think that resistance just doesn't have the same type of um, the same type of like list that can do well in this current meta? I just no, I don't think so. I think okay, so now because now we're going to talk a little bit different here, right? We're going to kind of get into a little bit of the understanding, like uh, how these affect it based on the meta. In my opinion, to answer your question, JG, about resistance is not that they don't have the list. I think that they are too close of a carbon copy of another faction and people find this other faction, um, easier to gravitate towards than the other one. I feel no. that it's too much of a mimicky faction. There's not enough variance and difference in pilot abilities. And if you look at like, what is the best thing about rebels? They are token sharing or lock sharing or whatever, right? Like the rebels have a, a synergy to them um, that resistance doesn't quite have. It does have a little bit there, but it's not the same, but I'm getting almost the exact same ships. And the few ships that are different aren't standout enough ships that I'm going to uh, uh, fly, fly them. Like, I, you know, maybe give me every one of those stupid pods at two points. Give me rows at two points and maybe we'll see more rows. You know, I, I, I don't know. Like, so, so that's kind of my take on that. Okay. Um, now I will point out here resistance and resistance separatists and first order come in on the lowest side of list being ran. And I, and again, I think the resistance thing is because again, like for me, I actually would rather run resistance than rebel personally. That's just me though. Like I, I like resistance better than rebel. I actually own, well, I probably own about the same now. I guess I own probably about the same now, but for a while I had almost no rebel ships and almost everything in resistance because it's all black box and I could buy it. Um, I think separatist is a niche affection. Uh, and then, you know, your first order comes in very low. I think people discounted first order. So I think those statistics throw things off a little bit, right? Yeah. I could be wrong, but I feel that they throw things off a, a, a tiny, a tiny bit there. So what are your guys' thoughts? So like when you look at this, what do you, what do you see? You know, do you see an, uh, like something that's out of balance? Do you see something that well, needs to be changed? Do we see um, crazy things? Um, I, I would expect it that the separatists would have had a little bit more of an, uh, a bigger impact, uh, particularly now with the Roquette Starfighter um, coming into the faction and having a pretty good set of pilots, uh, both with Cad Bane and some of the uh, the IGs, 
that came with that pack um, to kind of help uh, give different options for the Separatist fighters. I know that it's a still a five-point ship, so it's a quarter of your list. But I, that chassis has enough loadout uh, enough loadout points um, to equip ordinance to really make an impact um, for that faction. Um, but I think that there's still combinations or archetypes that have yet to be discovered um, that uh, that people really haven't taken a look at the Separatists hard enough to really see what those combinations are to make them want to play that faction more um, instead of uh, gravitating towards the more popular um, factions like the, the Rubble, uh, the Rubble Alliance, for instance. Um, seeing the Republic come down um, as a trend so far, um, that's something that's kind of surprising because I, I do agree with you, even though the, they lost their missile slots and they lost um, their two-point ships, they still have a lot of solid options, solid Jedis that can do a lot of work. Um, people are sleeping on 7B Anakin. People are sleeping on the Y-Wing Anakin. That's only six points. Um, that's an I-6 uh, ship that can shoot torps, um, and you can fill out the rest of the faction with very good four-point ships um, or, or the three-point Z-95s that are really, really good. Um, and I, I think that just because the the 7Bs lost their, um, or the Delta 7s lost their missile slots, that doesn't mean that they've lost any of their effectiveness in the game. So, yeah, Charles, your, your, your initial thoughts based on this, I want scum to do better. Other than that, I, I have to agree with, uh, Desland, uh, depending on points balances, what we have seen thus far. Republic is either OP or just below the curve. There's, 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 there is no in between. Like there's, like they're, they're either just barely missing it because they got hit with the nerf hammer a little too hard, or they let off the gas and just completely go bonkers off the rails and are ridiculously good. Um, yeah. But that's just, that's just me. I, I would like to see more balance. Um, to, to quote. Uh, uh, to quote uh, Top Gun, it's it's not the loadout, it's the pilot in the box, and I would really like to see a day where X-Wing really relies on the person that's playing the game more than the game itself. Yeah, but, and I think for I'd me... I'd lose a hell of a lot more, just I'd like to go on record. I, I would lose a <laughs> hell of a lot more based on the skill of the pilot. JJ would be far better than any of us at this game, but Yeah. Well, and I, I think here for me, the big takeaway is we're uh, uh, the percentages show me as a combined total. We're all very close. Minus FO. Um, you know, I, I think the resistance and the FO piece of it, right? Like the percentages could probably be swayed a little bit differently if we're being honest. Um, and I think that's the 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 big thing here, right, is understanding you know where weighted averages come in and, and i'll be honest i have no weighted averages in here so if you're a statistics major and you understand all these other things that i'm talking about or you want you went to college and you had to deal with all this crap um like there is some nuance here that we could probably flesh out differently um i'll be honest i do this for free i enjoy statistics but i do do this for free um <laughs> our podcast doesn't make enough 
to you know even pay an income so like i mean like we don't make well we don't make anything really but um is so like i don't know if it's worth going into weighted averages again i would argue that if you are in or you know people in the community that are working on collaborating invite me if you want to have a conversation about statistics i will happily work with them work on weighted averages do all these other things and help put a project together um where we could actually analyze and understand um the way the meta shifts and different things like that and i think bohan was really good at what he did when he had his point structure unfortunately bohan has said he has no interest in 2.5 which i am very sad about um because i think that just what he brought to the table in terms of understanding was and how the meta shapes things out was really good like i really enjoyed pouring over his material personally so yeah. um and i am sad i didn't know he left until a couple weeks ago when we started doing this <laughs> i was like yeah oh i wonder what bohan says and it's like oh okay never mind never mind we're not on the same page but um to me what this shows is that like i if i'm amg this is the type of analysis amg should be running i know they're probably not and i don't want to i'm glad greg's not on because i don't want to hear from greg about how they don't care about anybody or anyone but they don't care um, about anyone sorry i had to do it just because greg's not here but but to some extent <laughs> they obviously were listening when they made some points changes and some rule changes Again, they're not going to meet all of our whims. I mean, Charles and I just laid out a discussion about, you know, a points loadout value, which maybe next week we'll actually have that. Maybe we should have that conversation next week, I guess. Right. Maybe that is a valid conversation we could have, um, you know, but but I think the big the big ticket piece here is that for the most part, it feels like things have kind of moved into a little bit more of a balance. Um I think there is some pilots that could be tweaked still. Um, I do think that there is some factions that need a little bit more work um, so that we see everybody at that 0%, right? Um, but again, without looking at weighted averages, where are we going to be at? Yeah, and just hoping that also, because uh, the part of the meta that we really haven't seen uh, been affected as well is just having more scenarios, right? Because a yeah. lot of people are list building to try to take the advantage of the of most amount of scenarios that they can um, and going from there. Um, it, adding new scenarios to the game uh, with different objectives um, kind of helps uh, rebalance the meta as well um, because naturally there'll be different lists from particular uh, factions that are going to be better at that uh, particular scenario with their collection of pilots that um, that would rebalance everything that we're seeing so far as uh, as trends for statistics for the across the factions. Yep. So, yeah. And I think I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, again, here's where if I had more time or a little bit more resources or things, we could deep go more deep dive because I think now what you do is you take apart the different factions and you take apart the pilots, right? And then you create weighted averages um, that, that, that take apart because for example, we're seeing Luke and wedge all over the place. Right. But is, yeah. is that really something we should be worried about? Is proton torpedo something we should be worried about? Should we worry about Vader defender? Obviously nobody's worried about a droid swarm. So, you know, <laughs> leave them alone. No, no, ban more more nerfs onto the droid swarm. Let's keep them out of the meta. Nerf, nerf droids and bugs. I don't care what happens, just make them worse. 
progressively, and we don't see them at all anymore. Take the separatist faction completely off the map. I'm just kidding, Chris. I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're killing me, Smalls. All right. All right, cool. So anyway, I, I think that was a healthy uh, discussion about the numbers. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. So like, like that, like we burned through the numbers. This is what I was like. I was hoping this would be like a two week discussion, but um, I don't I don't know if it is. So um, anyway, thank you for joining us. Uh, remember, we have our planning phase syndicate tournament coming up here July 9th. If you're in the Orlando area, please message JJ and find out how to sign up since he, um, I, I don't know, or Charles, you can message Charles too, and uh, they will help you get signed up. Um, we're hoping for a good turnout. And again, none of the money goes into our pocket as an FYI. We make zero dollars on it. Actually, right now, we're probably going to be shilling out a little bit of money if we don't get enough people to sign up. So um, either which way, if you want to come out and get a chance to win some really cool prizes, we have quite a few amazing cool prizes uh, that we say, uh, a couple we that have. I can I can talk about candidly because uh, they're coming from my own collection. Um, if you build a list that has Gar Saxon, either pilot or crew, um, and you win a game with that, I have a Gar Saxon Funko Pop that I will give. I only have one, so it's the first person to complete their game. So if more than one person shows up with Gar Saxon on their list after the shock wears off. Um, it's a race to see who gets it. And then I happen to have uh, one of the 2020 convention exclusive uh, Royal Naboo Starfighters, the N1s. Um, and I am going to be raffling that off. We're going to have some raffle tickets. We'll do $2 per entry. Um, if you want a shot at winning a convention exclusive figure that I was lucky enough to come into a, a two of them. Um, so I'm going to be raffling one off, um, but you have to be present to win. So if you buy a whole bunch of raffle tickets and then you leave, uh, I'm not going to chase you down. I don't have the time or nor the desire. So uh, by all means, please feel free to come out. We would love to see as many friendly faces from the local community as well as the surrounding communities uh, come support our come support our tournament and hang out with you. Get some, get some Dion hugs and some GSP swag. Awesome. Now, if you are in on Obi Wan Kenobi, oh shoot, did I lose JJ? I if think you're he in, just dipped out. Oh man, that sucked. Nope, there he is. If you're in you for some Obi Wan Kenobi spoilers, I know Charles is it. Though we effing waited for you because I thought you said you were going to be, you were going to be here I, by look, Sunday. I was Damn really it. hoping, but this week has just gotten away with me. I have not finished episode three with uh, uh, with my significant other yet. We are halfway through episode three in the turn of Anakin. So hopefully by next week, I will have watched it and then been able to watch some of the Obi-Wan series. Uh, but as of right now, I am still in the dark and have been actively avoiding uh, social media as a whole, uh, with the exception of TikTok, because nobody cares about Star Wars on TikTok. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, no, I haven't, so I haven't watched it boo at all, to Charles. If enjoy. you would like, if you would like to stick around for our um universe extended discussion on episode five of the Kenobi show, we are going to take a three to five minute break so that I can use the restroom real quick and we'll grab a little bit of two. Huh? So we'll be back in two and two. There you go, two and two. Yeah, I just need to. I need to grab that and maybe possibly some uh chips uh because I'm. 
pretty hungry too. Uh, but anyway, we will definitely be back. So I'm going to leave the stream up. We're going to switch to the intro screen. We will be back in three to five minutes with an Obi-Wan spoiler discussion right here on Planning Face Syndicate. Thank you all. And we'll see you in a few minutes. <laughs>